Welcome to the Body Love Mindset Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Shan Elizabeth Clay. I'm a multifaceted online entrepreneur who is obsessed with being her best self and showing you how to do the same. On this podcast, I'm going to show you whole new ways to think about healthy, active living with a side of real life. Body Love Mindset Connection is about learning to love who you are right now while pursuing your happiest, healthiest, highest vibe self. So let's get to it. Body Love Mindset Connection podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Elizabeth Clay. And in today's episode, I am interviewing someone very special and important to me. Let me introduce you to Leah Pardee. She is a manifestation and business coach. She is the host of the podcast, The Bare Naked Soul, which has over 300,000 downloads. She is a breathwork facilitator, author, and all-around amazing person. She is my former business coach. I've actually worked with her several times, and she is who helped me establish the confidence, the ability to show up online as my authentic self. She coached me through all that in the early days of my business and post-weight loss. She has just been such a source of knowledge and confidence and self-esteem. So I'm excited for you to learn from her. Please enjoy the interview. Let's get to it. All right. So welcome to the podcast, Leah. Uh, we were just chatting a few minutes before the podcast actually started. And then I started going on a tangent about why I wanted her on the podcast. And I was like, time to press record. <laughs> so I'm going to back up just a few um, sentences that I was saying to Leah before I pressed record so that everyone else can hear it. But I was talking about why I wanted her on this podcast. And I, um, wanted to do a podcast episode or a confidence podcast episode a couple of weeks ago. And I realized that all my post weight loss confidence has come since, um, or really, really strongly developed into what it is because like, I'll get into what I think different layers of confidence are later, but really helped me establish like my authentic self-confidence. And I realized that started with your podcast, like I, um, this would have been 2019, 18, like early, early days. And I literally just randomly, um, searched confidence in the Apple podcast and yours came up. And honestly, it's like been magic ever since because I've just learned so much from you, but that was how random it was. Like I literally just typed in confidence and Leah there you were. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so crazy. It's to think that that was like, I guess like four years ago is when I started the podcast. It had to be that year. And um, yeah, we connected that year and yeah. it's been amazing seeing what you've done since then. And just like being immersed in each other's journeys and becoming friends. It's been so cool. I agree. And I think the other thing too, that I've really appreciated about both our um, professional and relationship and our friendship is the degree to which, at least for me, you've been such a resource for me, even when we haven't been working together, just 
following your um, example and seeing you model different things, especially around confidence, especially around authentic self, especially around like showing up. Um, I just think you are such a, like you are, you're such an expert in this field and that's why I needed to have you on. So the first question I kind of have for you is like, you're very passionate about this. Like you have a lot of passion. Like where did that even come from? How did that get started? Like what drives your passion for helping other women in this way? Mm, I love that so much. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, so I worked in sales. That's kind of where I got started with my personal growth confidence journey. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was working outside sales, which I know we have like that kind of background in common, but it was just so much rejection day after day, being on the phone or going in person and getting rejected by people that I was trying to schedule meetings with so I could sell to them. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really hard. You know, I was like 22, 23, just like, constantly, you know, there was just so much pressure from my bosses to do all these things. And it was crazy. And I remember I had a mentor, my first ever mentor that I ever had was, you know, a coworker type of guy. Um, and I just, I ate up everything he said, like he was amazing. Um, and one thing I remember him saying was that confidence is 99% of everything you do. And that really stuck with me. And it just, it just made so much sense. And so I was, you know, doing the cold calling, being so scared, having to push myself to move through that fear and navigating that in my body and navigating the stress that it caused. And I, at some point just decided, you know what, every single time I face my fear, I'm growing my confidence. So that was like a, a mindset shift that I made in the days before I really knew about mindset shifting. Right. But I was like, I have to do this. So I'm going to make myself, you know, I'm going to believe this is going to grow my confidence and I can see that it is. And so, you know, as the months went by, I could feel myself becoming so much more confident in the job, but also outside of the job, you know, being comfortable, being myself, setting boundaries, having uncomfortable conversations with people that I would have avoided before all the things that really matter when it comes to our confidence. And so I, you know, led a sales team at the time and I was really passionate about helping them develop that same mindset to grow themselves through the job, especially when they were women, you know, because women tend to struggle. And I mean, I hate to say that because I think we have, I catch myself a lot saying like, well, it's worse for women, especially for women. It's like, I really don't know that because I don't know what it's like to be a dude. And I think- Fair enough. Fair, like it's, we kind of have this narrative that like men just have it so easy And I don't really believe that, especially when it comes to mental health. So I um, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Right. But like, I, but like, I am more passionate about working with women because that's what I know. And I'm very girly. And I just, the way I speak, I think I attract women. Um, So yeah, that's really where it came from though. It's where it stemmed. I found that so interesting. And one of the most interesting, I had an aha moment while you were talking, um, which is hilarious because I always have aha moments with you. So of course I'd have one during like our interview, (laughs) but I realized because you were talking about, because we do have that same sales background. I was in publishing sales and the difference I realized between me and you, because I was like, I had the same thing, but I did not develop my confidence then what I did was I put up like a fake wall of armor 
that I called confidence, but then I was dying on the inside as opposed to growing like you were just describing. And I was like, so that was the difference. You took the same perspective. And instead of saying, I'm going to put on a fake armor of confidence, you said, I'm going to grow into the confident person. Whereas I didn't really have that growth mindset back then. So I was just like, fake armor, fake the confidence until it like completely breaks you. Right. Which is what it ended up doing to me. So that is really interesting because right there for me, like that defines a big difference in like our confidence journeys is that you were able to have a growth mindset really, really young. Like also, so let's dive into that. Why do you think you had a growth mindset so young? Like, honestly, I'll be, I don't think it's that common. I truly don't know. I mean, so I used to really feel like it came from my childhood growing up, you know, we were pretty poor. And so I, I developed um, a strong worth work ethic pretty young. I was, you know, doing entrepreneurial things and, and had a babysitting business and, and worked like basically full-time in high school. And, but a lot of people have a background where they grew up poor. So it's, so it's not that right. And they could be different things that could be part of it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I was, I've always been into reading. And so, and I've, I was very into career development. Like I was like, I'm going to go corporate ladder. I'm going to be a boss. I'm going to be at the time. My vision was like vice president of sales for a company by the time I was like, you know, 35 or so. And, um, so I was willing to do whatever it took to climb the ladder and like be very, very successful. So that involved So once I was, yeah, I mean, even like in college, I was reading a lot of books on climbing the ladder. Mm -hmm. And so those would incorporate mindset kind of back then it was more like the boss babe hustle thing, but there was definitely some mindset components, some confidence components. And I kept reading books like that. And then eventually that led me to reading, they kind of melded with the spiritual world. I started reading more of those kind of books and that whole journey happened, but that's been a big part of it has been books. Oh, I love that. That was a huge part of it for me too. Um, but again, after I, after I found you and like a few of the podcasts, you know, you recommended a lot of books early in my journey and, um, especially ones around perfectionism and things like that, because that was part of my, again, now that I look back on it, like confidence shield, like perfectionism was part of that shield that was fake confidence. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't until I brought down that perfectionist shield that I realized I was able to actually develop like real, real confidence. So kind of touching on that, cause that was like my perspective, but like, what is your, why do you think women especially struggle with confidence the way they do? Because at least we can say this, we do know for sure that like women second guess themselves at a rate way faster than men and men do not um, you know, have the same level of confidence issues right out of the gate the way we do and things like that. So why do you think this struggle with confidence is just such a prevalent thing in women? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I, I think it's something that's been passed down through generations. Cause if you think about it, it really wasn't that long ago that women were in the workplace, just trying to get the jobs that men could get. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Nowadays you hear about things like equal pay, but 
at least when I was in corporate, like I was hired against men. You know what I mean? I was promoted against men. It wasn't that many generations ago when that didn't happen. And so I think we felt inferior, you know, we weren't driving cars. I think someone told me, like I heard recently, you couldn't, a woman couldn't open a bank account until like the nineties, like by herself. Mm -hmm. It's very recent history that we were obviously inferior to men in in society. So I think that trickles down. And then for many of us, our moms, you know, depending on, on your generation, when you're listening to this, but for in, in, uh, for like millennials, like a lot of our moms were very much in, in the people pleasing mindset, very much trying to do it all. Uh, perfectionism, self-sacrificing to the max. And um, I think it just, I think it's shifting now. Like I think women now are trying to have more balance with work in life and not do the hustle thing as much and teach their daughters like self-care and taking you know it's okay to prioritize yourself and all these things I think it's shifting but I think that's where it comes from what about you um you know it's interesting I do think there's a degree of conditioning that occurs really young I keep thinking like my experience personally was very, I was conditioned very classically, I guess I would call it where, you know, um, I think it was more expected that I would get married and just have children and not do a whole lot of the things that I currently do. And it was very much like my brother was going to be the successful one. And he was always told he was going to be successful and he was always um, you know, everything was always, you do this so well, you do this so well for him. And I was very much, you don't need to do well. You're going to get, you're going to get married. Like it was such like, when I think about like, it's archaic thinking, (laughs) but my, think my confidence came from not much was expected of me. Do you know what I mean? Like my lack of confidence came from just, there wasn't much expected. I wasn't expected to do overly well. I wasn't expected to do great things. I wasn't expected. So I think there is a percentage, maybe of people that just never heard that or percentage of women that were just never told they were going to do well or do great things or anything to that effect. Does that make sense? And therefore like they're forced to build their confidence on their own, which as a child is very, very hard. So I think, I think there's a degree of that as well that comes into play. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because we tend to speak to little boys differently than little girls, little, little Mm -hmm. boys are like, you're so brave. Mm -hmm. Like you're so pretty. So like, yeah, totally, totally. I think that shapes things. Yeah. So I know it's something that especially like our generation as um, parents and soon to be parents, Leah is pregnant, everyone. She's going to give birth next month. Um, I think we are the ones, we're the cycle breakers, we're the change makers. And I think a lot of that comes from leading by example and um, by choosing a different confidence path. So thinking about choosing a different confidence path. I have this question. I've been like dying to ask you because you're very into manifestation. Um, I learned a lot about manifestation from you, that kind of thinking, that law of attraction, et cetera. 
Um, do you think you can manifest confidence? Absolutely. We'll expand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, manifestation is a way of thinking, a way of being, a way of shifting your energy. And when we shift our energy into a state of confidence, or when we're manifesting anything, we're basically thinking, you know, how would it feel if I already felt that way? So how would it feel if I already was confident in whatever situation? If it's an uncomfortable conversation we're putting off or a promotion we're scared to apply for, how would I feel if I, how would it feel to be confident about that thing? And like, that can be tricky. Like that's a learning process to be able to put yourself into that energetic state. We can practice with, with little things. Um, But I think you manifest confidence by that, by affirmations, affirming, like creating new beliefs that create new neural pathways so that your brain starts thinking differently, starts seeing the glass more half full in terms of confidence. And in turn, when we start to do that, then our reticular activating system starts to notice things that validate that for us and start to shift that narrative in our mind from I'm not good enough to, of course I can do this. So it's all about shifting that mindset and shifting your energetic state. And then of course there's the action component. component. So I think the biggest way to grow confidence is to do the things that scare you. And when you do the things that scare you, little baby steps, you start to shift that narrative. It starts to, the reticular activating system starts to pick up on it and you start to see doors open. You start to see opportunities and be like, of course I can have that. Of course I can do that. Of course that person's going to love me. Of -hmm. course I can stand up in front of these people and have this conversation. Like, of course I can handle it. You're training yourself that you can handle it. You can do it. You're good enough. And that's the entire process, I believe, of building confidence. I totally, totally, totally agree with you. Um, And especially because that was part of how you taught me. Like, honestly, that was part of like early coaching with you was very much being the person that I wanted to be and um, like almost leaving the person that I currently was when I was making certain decisions about how I wanted to be and act and Um, like at the time, again, present my business, et cetera. Like it was very much a live into it. So I would be curious to hear your thoughts again, because what I guess I'm trying to look for advice for, for people in the audience is if you were like me, let's say in my early days where it felt it was fake, like it was so fake that confidence um how do you manifest like how do you transition do you think that fake confidence into something real so that you can manifest the outcome like what would you say to someone who's struggling to like make it real do you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah I mean another tool that I absolutely love is journaling And I would say, well, first of all, I have two journals on Amazon, so they're guided. They have all the prompts in there. You can check those out because I know journaling with just like a blank sheet of paper can be create a lot more resistance, but I would say journaling on, okay, what are the things that make me me that I'm afraid to share with the world? 
the way that I speak, you know, like what, like just going through your presentation to the world, the way that I dress, like what's inauthentic here? What doesn't feel good here? What doesn't feel like me? And how can I shift those things one by one so that I'm presenting more of my real self? So it could be practicing. I mean, it could be practicing posting pictures online without filters and feeling that discomfort of like, oh, fuck. you know, it's going to be uncomfortable. It could be if there's a way that you feel like you have to speak around family and you have to hold back your opinions because people don't agree, maybe uh, challenging yourself to share some of your opinions with people who might disagree and like face that confrontation. And really, it's just practice. It's just practicing bringing out your authentic self. And you mentioned earlier, like layers of confidence. And I definitely look at myself in my corporate days. I mean, I was like super confident to anyone who met me. And I was confident. I was working on confidence. and I was building it so much more than I had a few years before that. But since then, it's become much stronger and much more authentic where like there are things back then that I I really was uncomfortable having certain conversations with my boss, right? Or like presenting myself in certain ways. And it, so a lot of it was kind of fake at the time. And then you it gets more authentic and more authentic and more authentic. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious if that's kind of what you meant by the layers or what were the layers to you? Yeah, that is kind of what I meant by the layers where I think for me, like I kind of viewed it as like a shedding of layers to get to the authentic confidence piece. And I would still say there's lots of layers still to be shed, but like, um, yeah, there were lots of layers. So one of the layers that I want to tap into, because I know you have some interesting opinions on this, but like you touched on it when you said no filters and, um, posting just your authentic self. And I know you went through a no makeup journey at one point. And honestly, it pushed me into a similar kind of no makeup presentation online to practice building a different type of confidence. But that was a whole different layer of, of, or shedding a whole different layer, if that makes sense. I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast struggle with body image and struggle with their physical selves and things like that. So talk to me about that journey, because most people would say that's a very brave journey of like completely, um, you know, going makeup free and putting yourself out to the world and being totally you like most people would say that's extremely brave. So talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I was very, 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 very caught up in my physical appearance. And one thing I could hate about myself was my teeth. I thought my teeth were awful. I think there was also some, some victim mindset because like I did have braces when I was young, but I went to like a, um, dentist for people who couldn't afford dentists right so I was like maybe I had like a shitty orthodontist you know what I'm saying it was like volunteering mm-hmm. whatever so I think there was mm-hmm. some, some victimness there like oh if my family would have had more money then I'd have perfect teeth but also mm-hmm. like I just yeah so I was like saving up all my money to try and buy like veneers mm-hmm. and I scheduled an appointment And so that was a few weeks away. And I was like in my bathroom the one day and I was um, scrubbing my butt with like cellulite scrubbing Mm -hmm. 
some device I got at like TJ Maxx. And I was like, oh, I think I can get cellulite and like stretch marks removed for a couple thousand dollars. I'll do that next. And then I, I just like stopped and I was like, wait a second, where does this end? Am I just forever going to be so fixated on my appearance? I'm never going to be happy with the way I look because there's always going to be something else I could fix to make myself look more perfect. You know, that whole perfectionism thing. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And so I was just like, I just felt this sudden, it was like a light bulb of like, okay, like I've got a choice to make here. I can either learn to love myself or I can just go, just continue not loving myself and just like trying to do all these things for forever for the rest of my life to make myself more attractive. Like that's clearly mm -hmm. not working. So I just made a commitment to start shifting some of those beliefs. I canceled the veneers appointment and I just decided I was going to stop picking myself apart in the mirror. And I think I put a sticky note on my mirror and I just to remind myself and I was like, I'm done. I'm done sitting here picking myself apart. And it was a huge, huge shift for me. And I've done that so many times over the years. One was with the makeup thing because like makeup, like makeup's fun for some people, right? Mm -hmm. I love like women in red lipstick, I think is so fabulous. Totally but agree. I, yeah. But I have never liked it for myself. Like I'm, it's not fun for me. I hate taking it off at night. I would just prefer no makeup to be a thing. And so, but I always felt like, well, I have to wear makeup because for one, everybody else does and I'm not pretty enough to not wear it. And so that this was a couple of years after the whole veneers thing, but I, um, I realized that, you know what it was? I was actually reading a book. I think this was in the untethered soul, maybe. Oh, I love that book. It's so good. And he was so saying, good. he was saying, do things that, you know, scare you or whatever. And he was saying, if like, you're so uncomfortable without makeup, like go, go without it. And I was like, that's what I need to do because I, makeup is not even authentic to me. It's not even fun to me. Like mm -hmm. fashion, that's fun to me. I love clothes. Like that's fun to me. Makeup. No, I've been doing this for other people or to fit in. So I mm -hmm. decided to challenge myself to go a week without makeup. And it was really, really uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but I just kept it going. And it's funny because now I'm like, what was wrong with my teeth? Like, you know, and, and yes, I have cellulite and stretch marks on my ass. Who the fuck does, you know what I mean? Who can, like, it just, it's just shifted. And that's what happens with this work is like, you can learn to let go of things that bothered you so much when you shift the narrative. And when you stop giving so much emphasis and focus to those thoughts. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's so funny. Cause like, I was thinking about like my little first delve into no makeup after you did yours. And it's so funny. I looked back on that first picture recently that I had posted. And I remember even the captions, so I still have it. It's still on my Instagram account. And it says like, this was so hard to post all oh, blah, 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 all these things. I look fantastic. <laughs> my skin is glowing. Like it's crazy. It's crazy how at the time. That was so hard. I agonized forever. But to your point, I was like, who was my makeup for? Like, who was I doing this for? And, you know, I started asking myself, like, who was my confidence for? 
Was my confidence for other people or was my confidence for me? Because if my confidence was for me, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I show up. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what anyone else's opinion is, even if it's a good one. Like, you know, if someone's like, you look great with no makeup, like, okay. Like it, it equally doesn't matter because my confidence now is for me as opposed to, you know, for other people. So yeah, I think I love that story of yours because I do find it just so inspiring in terms of choosing to see, like, in my opinion, like, it's also so funny. So when you're talking, I think you're gorgeous. So <laughs> I, it's so interesting how we see ourselves. Do you know what I mean? And it's so yeah. interesting how we pick apart ourselves when someone else is looking at us being like, okay, but you're beautiful, which also on the flip side, like when I look back on it, even when I was, you know, used to berate myself, like I've always been beautiful at every single size, like even at my heaviest, like I still looked beautiful. Like I'm not going to pretend I didn't, but, um, it's one of those things where like, Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Hold on. Mm. What were you saying a second ago? Remind me. <laughs> oh God. I got pregnancy brain. Both of us. The uh, brains. Yes. Move along. We'll, we'll come back to it. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's also really important for people to know that you can change the way you think. Like it's so hard to, it's so hard to understand at the beginning of this journey when you haven't made a major mindset shift intentionally, like that you've done, it's really hard to believe that, you know, mm -hmm. but like you can change the entire way that you think about yourself and the world. And mm -hmm. that's what work is all about. And it's so life-changing. So here comes my next question that I thought of. How does that work with imposter syndrome though? So how do you build confidence when you're struggling with imposter syndrome in any like capacity? It could be at work. It could be in friendships. It could be in getting your health and wellness journey. Like if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, how do you work on your confidence? Yeah. I mean, I still have imposter syndrome. I mean, I think who doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like it's one of those things, but I think with imposter syndrome and perfectionism, I look at them kind of similarly. And I think awareness is such a huge component. If you can be aware that you're experiencing imposter syndrome, well, then you're not actually an imposter, right? Because an imposter knows they're full of shit. An imposter is a con artist who's selling something they're not embodied in, right? Who's has fake results. Like it like, like an online business situation, right? Um that's I've literally never heard anyone say it like that. And that is brilliant. The how could you be an imposter if you are aware that you have imposter syndrome? That is brilliant. Oh my gosh. Put that yeah. in like a post layer or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I, That's fantastic. I, I didn't come up with that on my own. I I've heard, I've heard that, right. That's where I've learned that is. And, and everything I say is like things I've learned or read, right. Which but is with your spin, how it works right with my spin and my perspective. Um, just like anyone else who's sharing information, most of us anyways, are just like learning from others and all of it. But mm -hmm. yeah, if you can be aware of your imposter syndrome, then you're not a fraud. A fraud knows they're a fraud. We all have imposter syndrome. 
And uh, yeah, recognizing it is so huge. And I mean, being honest with yourself too, like maybe looking at like, okay, like let's journal on this. Like what, like I'm feeling like I'm not qualified to do this job because of X, Y, Z. Is that really true? You know, like I was running a sales department when I was like 25, 26, and I definitely had imposter syndrome, but like someone gave me the job based on my, my real credentials and my real expertise and my actual results at that company. What's fake about that? Right. Mm -hmm. Nothing. So, so like, and be honest with yourself. And then other times, like there might be something that doesn't feel authentic. That's in there. It's like, Ooh, okay. Something I've done or said, or the, the way I'm presenting myself actually isn't in alignment. And it's actually, there is something here that's based on, um, oh, maybe I'm selling results that aren't real or something like that. And like, recognize it and say, okay, like, what do we need to shift here? But most of the time, imposter syndrome is just us having self-doubt and thinking Mm -hmm. and being afraid that someone's going to find out that we're, you know, not who we, but like, based on what evidence. I love that. I love that. That was something, again, you've said to me many times through coaching is what are the facts? What are the facts? And it's so true. You, you do have to go. What are the facts when it comes to confidence? I think that's actually, yeah, I think that's a really strong note for everyone to kind of remember. What are the facts when it comes to your confidence, when you're telling yourself, you know, X, Y, Z, write it down and go, where are the facts? Facts are this facts are that. And then see where that lines up because yes, you're right. Like that helped with my confidence and still helps with my confidence immensely to this day to go, what is fact and what is my brain trying to convince me, you know, what story is it trying to convince me of? Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to believe whatever our thoughts say until you practice, remember, like until you integrate the idea that thoughts are just thoughts. They're not facts. They're just thoughts. And if they're not facts, then I don't have to believe every single one of them. There's no evidence. Why would I believe it? I love that. I love that so much because again, I think everyone can apply that to absolutely any issue. You know what I mean? Is I don't have to believe every thought that goes through my mind. It was interesting. I saw, heard a quote the other day where someone was like, I need to convince myself of X. And the person was like, well, who's I, and who's myself. Do you know what I mean? And, (laughs) and it's very much like the myself oftentimes is the running thoughts and the I is the observer. So it's like, well, the you, the real you is the observer of the thought, not the thoughts itself. So we have control over that. And again, with that in mind, the I is the person with the confidence, right? We just need to tap into the I and make the myself be quiet. (laughs) That's a really good point because yeah, the, the real me, the observer of our thoughts is already confident. The thoughts are the self-doubt. The thoughts are the fear. The thoughts are the imposters and the perfectionism. So really all we have to do is practice observing those thoughts, choosing not to engage with them anymore, choosing new thoughts and beliefs, and then allow your brain to do its job of 
focusing on whatever we, I mentioned the reticular activating system earlier, and for anyone who doesn't, isn't familiar with it, that's just the way that our mind focuses our awareness on what we tell it to subconsciously or not, right? So the thoughts we keep buying into, the thoughts we keep creating stories out of in our minds, the thoughts we keep repeating out loud, our brain will automatically focus our awareness on things that validate those beliefs. We get to shift that. We get to say, no, 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 I'm not entertaining those thoughts anymore. Like I'm done. I'm going to entertain these new affirmations, these five new affirmations. This is what I think about. And once, once you practice that and you start saying your new affirmations and you start kicking to the curb, the other thoughts, then your brain will literally do the rest of the work for you by focusing your awareness on things that prove those to be true. I totally agree. So let's go a little meta for a second. And I have a like question for you. Do you think the soul is inherently confident? I thought, I didn't know where you were going with this. I thought this was going to be a question about AI for some reason. I've oh, never... no. <laughs> Not that meta. I do. I think our soul is pure love and pure joy and pure confidence, enoughness, worthiness. And so our job with, like you said, like peeling back the layers to get to that real confident you, I think that's what the, what that is. It's peeling off the layers that we get programmed into, that we beliefs we take on, something someone said to us once, peeling those back until we get to that real inner self, our soul, our higher self, whatever you want to call it, that's connected to source that is inherent, knows it's inherently worthy. And we just have to get rid of the thoughts that are in the way and the beliefs that are in the way. Oh, I totally, totally agree. I love that so much because I've always had that thought about a few different things in life where I was like, we're not born thinking certain things. Like in my area, like I'm like, we're not born going like this food's unhealthy and this one's healthy. Like we're not, we're not born that way. We're born to satisfy hunger and stop eating when we're full. And like, um, it was so interesting when you were talking about the like inherent confidence, I was like, that's so true because, um, when you think about it, like really the primary goal of a human being is to survive <laughs> and like to, to live. And isn't that the most, like, don't you have to have like the most guts ever just to like live and survive? Like no matter where you were in history, like, even if you were in like in caveman days, like I would argue, like you would need a lot of confidence to survive <laughs> and like that we are again, inherently confident as a survival skill. Like, does that make sense? And that we've let go a lot of that survival skill, you know, especially as technology and separation from society, all these different things. I think we've let go of a lot of that survival skill of confidence, you know? Mm, yeah. Just Absolutely. a thought. <laughs> oh my God. So tell me, Leah, because again, I worked with you when I was just starting out with confidence work. I was very brand new to it. What advice would you give to someone now who is just starting with confident work? So they are probably pretty low in their confidence. They're probably feeling pretty low with themselves. They probably have a lot of ruminating negative thoughts. Where do they start? Yeah. I mean, I feel like 
a really good place to kind of build a foundation for any kind of mindset work is with breath work and meditation, getting yourself centered and calm because with, with these practices, meditation is just learning to observe your thoughts and breath work is just a really great tool to make that easier and to kind of, it calms the mind. It calms the default mode network, which is that constant chatterbox. So those two combined allow you to be in a place where you're observing your thoughts. You're practicing being that worthiness within who's observing the self-doubt and various thoughts. And from there, or coupled with that, would be doing things like journaling. You know, writing out your thoughts is so powerful because when you have a thought, it, you, we're so used to just believing them. But when we write it down, it's easier to be like, okay, let's look at this. Is this real? Where did this come from? What is this causing me to think about myself? Like, how is this making me feel? Do I want to keep believing this? So like, that's, that's a really, really powerful tool. And then choosing little tiny baby steps that scare you and just practicing training your mind to believe I can do this. I totally, totally agree. Um, I think you give such good advice on confidence. Honestly, um, I just, I'm very thankful for how, again, the fact that you were able to do such a growth mindset at such a young age, the fact that you were able to do that, like I benefited from that later in my, like in my life. So like, I'm just very thankful for you. And I'm very thankful that you choose to share what I consider our gifts because um, again, I don't think everyone has all this naturally and you certainly do. So tell me now, this is going to be my final question because you are giving birth very soon. What is going to be your first teachings of confidence? Do you think to your child? Ooh, I mean, my biggest goal for her is just to really know that her worth is within. Mm -hmm. So reframing the idea that reframing praising everything based on what someone does and instead praising and loving someone for who they are, that's kind of like a huge, huge part of my belief system because I think almost everyone grows up being told, you know, good job and and based on things you're doing and everything then becomes about pleasing others pleasing the parent getting that gold sticker versus you are worthy just because you are I, I love having you I'm proud of you for who you are so like separating that I think is going to be huge I love that very very much I think that's just great advice it's funny because um, again, my journey with my own daughter has changed since working with you. And it's funny because now I say things like, um, well, what do you think? Like if she comes to show me her drawing, instead of just instantly saying, oh, it's so fabulous. I go, well, how proud are you of it? You know, what is your favorite part before I give my input? Do you know what I mean? So I'm always putting, I'm trying to build her confidence and saying that her word is worth or her opinion of her confidence is worth more almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love that she comes and asks me my thoughts and wants to share things with me, but I want her to go, 
but my thought about my opinion or my opinion about my drawing is the most important. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how you build unconditional confidence that isn't based on someone else's opinion. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Leah, this has been just a fabulous conversation. So a few things, I'm going to post the links to your journal in the show notes, your journals and well, all your books, all your products. She has many. (laughs) And so I'll post the links to those in the show notes. Um, But otherwise, can you tell people where they can find you? And I know you're going on mat leave soon, but when you do come back, how do you think you'll work with people? Will you still be coaching that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Leah Party. Um, yeah. So my my podcast is Bare Naked Soul. I will be taking yeah I will be taking maternity leave probably from late September, early October till December ish. So coming back in January um, mm-hmm. for offerings and things. And I'm not really sure if I'm going to do. I'll, I'll probably have a few one to one coaching clients. And, um, other than that, I'm not really sure, you know, well, I'm going to say to anyone who's listening, like try to be on like Leah's radar or something so that when she does come back and if she only does have a couple of seats available, like, I don't know, message her and ask her if she has a wait list or do something to that effect. Because again, I just can't say enough how thankful I am for your role in my own journey. And I know the role that you'll continue to play. And I'm thankful for the role model that you are. And I I just can't sing enough of your praises. I can't, I just can't say enough wonderful things about you. So I really hope that people do go and follow you and reach out to you and see what your offerings are. And honestly, look into the breath work, look into her meditations, because like, that was my intro to breath work. That was my big intro into real meditation. So everyone, please go check out Leah. She is just a gift, a gift, a gift, a gift. So (laughs) thank you, Leah. (laughs) All right. I hope everyone is having a beautiful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I will talk to you soon. That's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further, you can follow me on Instagram at Shannon Elizabeth Clay, or you can visit my website, www.shannonelizabethclay.com.